is remarkable. That is unbelievable. The throw beat him by a mile. Live from the CG Technology Studio. Did he get him? Oh, he tapped him. I thought he missed him. He did miss him. In the entertainment capital of the world. It isn't. The runner goes halfway. Oh. Somebody thought it was on. His Torres had to scoop it in. Doesn't get it. And Ty Wigginton. Oh, he made He bumped him and he's gone. It's the T.C. Martin Show. And Wigginton is furious. Diagnosis. The 3-2 pitch. Prognosis. Outside ball for Doctor T.C. Martin. No, goodness gracious. No, no, no. You've got to be kidding me. You've got to be kidding me. The doctor is now in. Get your money's worth. Glad to have you with us. A thunderous Thursday edition. You know what today is. It's opening day, Earthquake. Opening day. I'm watching baseball when I get home. You got that right. All right. We're two hours away. Well, we hope that we can get uh, two hours away because we understand there's rain in Washington, D.C., the defending champs. That still does not feel right to say the defending champ, Washington Nationals, even though they're a $1.75 underdog today to the New York Yankees. So two games tonight. We've got Yankees against the Nationals. That would be the Washington Baseball Club for you scoring at home. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. The Washington Baseball Club. Are we still allowed to call them the Nationals? That's what I, I want to know. I hope so. Oh, jeez. All right, we got the, that news we'll touch on a little bit later as well, too. Jay Schrader is going to join us, the former uh, Washington Redskins quarterback and also the L.A. Raiders quarterback. See, two teams that don't even exist anymore. Jay Schrader, our guest yeah. today, is part of that. One of my favorite quarterbacks on Tecmo Super Bowl. Really? <laughs> Better than Mark Rippon? Old Nintendo, man. <laughs> You're kidding me. Is there going to be a reference to that in, in the next segment? I don't know. I'm going to look up his stats on uh, right. his, his quarterback rating on that game. Very nice. Very nice. All right, Jay Schrader uh, will join us a little bit later on. Chuck Esposito will join us from Sunset Station. We'll get his thoughts as the betting windows are open here in Las Vegas, Nevada. I, I will say that I went and placed my first wager in probably six months. Wow. Yeah, today on, on a couple of baseball games. Because you have to have a little little entertainment, a little, sure. a little action going. you got to do that. All right, so Quake is in. Brad the Believer off today. Uh, a lot to do, a lot to touch on today. And we will start the program talking with our good friend, our two-time World Series champion, the Yankee, the Dodger, the five-time All-Star, does a fantastic job on the MLB Network Radio XM89. You can catch him there uh, rather often. And uh, we're ready to go with opening day, the one and only... <laughs> The second baseman, Steve Sachs. What's going on, Saxy? What's up, PC? What's up, Quake? Hey, did you hear that? Did you hear that, Saxy? We, we had crowd noise. I, I didn't think any crowd I, I was know. allowed in the stadium. What's going on here? Hey, I want you guys to know something. That All those uh, placards they have up there of the fake you know, people in the stands, I want to show you how smart baseball players are with, with those, those placards and uh, – uh, you know, the p- cardboard cutouts of the faces and the fake noise that they're going to pump into the stadium. I will bet you within the third, fourth game that the baseball players on the field are, are going to actually figure it out that this stuff is not real. The, the, you know, the, the, the people aren't real. 
hey, they're going to notice they're not getting up and going to the Johns. They're not getting, uh, you know, any food. They're not, they're not talking between each other. They're not moving. They're not scratching their head. They're not diving after foul balls. Go figure it out by the third or fourth game. I guarantee you. That sounds like that sounds like a Simpsons episode right there. I don't. What's more real, a Simpsons episode or what we're about to see tonight with Major League Baseball? <laughs> well, the, luckily the uh, the drama on the field will be real, but that'll be it. I mean, they're going to have the PA announcer and all that, but you know, hey, they're doing what they can, I guess. But it's too bad that the owners waited and waited and waited and pretty much they squeezed it back so there could only be sixty six available days and. Thus, the 60-game schedule. Well, that's where we are. All right. It is here. Opening day, opening night, 60 games. Starts tonight, like we mentioned, two games tonight with the Dodgers and Giants, the nightcap at Chavez Ravine, and then the Nationals and Yankees uh, will get going here momentarily. So you already kind of laid it out, Steve, but you know we've talked about this leading up to this, and it's finally here. What will this look like? And speaking of cutouts, I'm wondering, at Dodger Stadium, at Chavez Ravine tonight, will there be a Steve Sachs cutout, and where would it be located? <laughs> no, no, yeah, my cutout will not be there at all. Um, I, what do you pay, like 250 bucks to have your cutout there at your seat? I don't, first of all, I don't have a seat there. Right. L.A.'s a long ways away from where I live. <laughs> so, no, that won't be happening tonight. But uh, I'll be watching the games. I'm, gonna, I'm doing a lot of... A lot of radio, a lot of Zoom calls for MLB today, so it's kind of a busy day. It's opening day. You got it, exactly. And the fake crowd noise as well, too. I yeah. don't know. If you are a player, Steve, are you are you okay with that? Or are you going to think, okay, this is too cornball? Or would you rather get out there and, and treat it like it's practice? Um, well, look, uh, because of your professionalism, you're going to go out there. And I can tell you this, you guys. I, I never had one at-bat in my career where I just kind of gave it away. Uh, I didn't. I didn't get one at bat and think, yeah, you know, I don't really care about this at bat. Every at bat that I had in my whole career was um, the the most I could give every single time. It really was. And so the professional part of you just comes out, and, and you can't do that. You don't know how to kind of you know play down a little bit. The only way you can do it is when the horse is out of the barn and running. That's the way you play. Um, and it doesn't matter if it's spring training. I got kicked out of spring training games uh, before because I was you know, a bit heated about some stupid calls, whatever. So it doesn't really matter, uh, you know, what game it is, if it's, you know, what the situation is. The fact is that you're playing in a major league game, man, and it just comes out the natural way. So these guys, I'm sure, will take it the same way. But here's what's going to be a, uh, surprising to guys in some instance, I, I believe, is the season is going to just go by. So 60 games is a blur. I mean, that's a little over one-third of the season. 54 games is a third. I, it's a blur. It goes by so fast that, that before you know it, we're going to be in postseason. No, I totally agree. Now, are you under the belief that we actually could get a portion of the season with fans in? Or is Major League Baseball just saying forget it all the way through, including postseason? Because I know there's some fans that are still holding out a little bit of hope. With you know, And football is talking about you know uh, doing some minimum capacities, 20 to 25%. They're still toying with that idea. Some franchises are saying, yeah, we're going to do it. Others saying, no, we're not doing it. Where do you think baseball stands with that? I think baseball is going to be erring on the side of caution and probably not. I think I have a plan where I, I, I've been talking about it for months on the radio now. Uh, they could do this easily. They could get 10, 15,000 people in the park easily every single night. Uh, you'd have a, a baseball, you know, ambiance, if you will. 
you'd have some energy in the park, you'd have some the money being generated, um, and you would have a, a fan experience where it continues, you know, the, the, the love of baseball. And the way you do that is not through television. I mean, that's one way, but, you know, when you're at the ballpark, there's nothing like it. There really isn't. I mean, you don't get the whole experience of the game until you attend one. And, and I think that's what baseball really needs. They could do it easily with the testing capabilities they have today. They could segregate people if they come to the ballpark in their cars until they get their test back, which hopefully they could do this in 10 or 15 minutes. And then if everybody's clean in the car, then they can go and attend the ball game. If not, they have to go home and get well. And when they're healthy, they can come back. But I, I really believe that, that they could do this. And, you know, with social distancing, they could do – families could stay together, sit together, and every four seats, which is about eight feet, which beats the social distance deadline, uh, you know, criteria – and they could do this. They could get, you know, in a 50,000-seat stadium, you could put, you know, twelve to 15,000 people in there and, and still be fine. I agree with that. And you've talked about this on this show as well, you know, many times. Mm-hmm. And you, you are yeah. 100% right. And if we can stand in line, Steve, at Costco or Walmart to get in and do that sort of thing in, in the restaurants, you know, people are talking about, well, what about Major League Baseball, you know, getting in the stadium? You could do that very, very easily, especially with, those, with Dodgers, those limited Dodgers amounts. Already using, right. Yeah, they're already utilizing their parking lot. Dodger Stadium right now is the largest testing spot in the U.S. And why not? They have this. Most of the most of the teams have these huge, expansive parking lots. Uh, there's a few that don't. Yankee Stadium doesn't. San Diego doesn't. But they could certainly utilize like the the Civic Center or the whatever that's right next to the ballpark. They could use that as a testing spot. So it's easily done, and everybody would have a fresh test. Everybody would be negative. You could still wear the mask. And you can social distance. I don't see what the problem here is. Yeah. Steve Sachs joins us, the two-time World Series champ, the five-time All-Star MLB Network Radio XM89, joins us as we talk Major League Baseball, the sprint to the finish, 60 games, and it starts today. Well, we got the news today, Steve, that the Major League Baseball has expanded the playoffs, 16 teams, eight in each league. Mm-hmm. Sounds like we're going to go to like the NBA style of seeding yeah. one through eight and that sort of thing here. Now, this was something that had just got talked about within the last you know 48 hours or so, and then it was like, okay, if we're going to make a decision on this, we have to have it done before the, you know the first pitch is thrown, and that's you know less than two hours away. So they got this done. We heard the news about an hour or so ago. Uh, give us your take on this, and are you a fan of this expanded playoff format? Because we are going to go to five teams in each league. Now we're going to eight. Is that too much? Uh, in a word, yes. It, it's ridiculous. Um, I don't know how many times the players just have to bend over and take it. Uh, you know, they, they, they let the owners squeeze them out of a, of a season this year down to 60 games. It could have been 114 games easy. They squeezed them down, so now now that was that. Now they're down to 60 games. And now the owners make all most of their money in the postseason, right? So the bigger the postseason, the more the, the more the the more money that the owners get. Well, I mean, they, they number one have to pay the players the least amount by having a short season. That's one part of it. And then they turn around and tell them, let's have an extended extended playoff so we can make even more money after we just squeezed you out. And the players say, okay, that sounds good. I, I, I still get how many times they're going to just take it. I mean, I understand that they're only going to do this for one season because if you do it more than that, you just lost even more leverage and bargaining power. So they're going to do it for the one year. Okay, that's fine. 
they're doing the universal DH, which is not going away. I hope it's just one year. Okay, that's fine. Then they're doing the uh, the player on second base uh, in the tenth inning, which is an absurd, ridiculous softball rule right. that they're putting in there. Okay, that's fine. I mean, everything's just fine. So they're they're just going to do this this one year. They're going to put all this stuff in a bucket in this one crazy season and try it out. But if you ask me, I'm not for all of it. I'm not for the DH. I'm not for extended playoffs and this stupid, wimped out, ridiculous rule of having a player on. I would be embarrassed if I was in the dugout and they'd say, okay, put your runner on second base now, boys and girls. And, and uh, you know, we'll, we don't want this, you know, these extra innings to go too long. First of all, only 8% of games go into extra innings. That, that's the first thing. Okay. And the second thing is 70% of those games are finished by the 10th inning. Right. So you're talking about very little amount of games that are, that are actually going, you know, down the road where they get 15, 16 innings. It, it almost never happens. But no, they, 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 they got to put a guy at second base. Baseball continues to lose the essence of what has made it great over all these years. And they wonder why attendance keeps going down. Yeah. No. Gee, I wonder why. You're right. I wonder why. You're right. Absolutely right. I, I love it. Speaking from the heart, the old major league himself, uh, old school to the core, and, and you're exactly right. It's like, hey, okay, what are we doing? Are we going like they do with softball, right? Okay, whoever made the yeah. last out, let's go back to the lineup car. Oh, Steve, go get your helmet. Get out there to second base. Yeah. That's yeah, what we're doing, right? It, exactly it's who right. it's who it's who made the last out. That's the way it is in girls softball. That's the way it is. Oh. That, I think oh. that's the way it is. Or what? Someone coming yeah. off the bench? Uh, yeah, I know that. And don't yeah. forget, Steve. And, and you see, go you ahead. See, you see how they do it too? It's little by little. Okay. First of all, they took out the the ability for you to engage in, in the opposition. In other words, you can't run into the second base and you can't run into the shortstop. You can't run into the catcher. You can't pitch inside. I, I mean, they just keep infringing on baseball to keep tearing it down it's it's like i don't want the the intrusion and it just keeps happening it just doesn't stop i don't know where it will stop but baseball is it looks nothing like you know i mean you have players today even young guys they play 10 games well we better sit you down and have a little rest a rest i mean this is this is this is crazy, but that's what they do. Yeah, and we forgot uh, one other the where the pitchers must uh, pitch to three batters. Yeah. What's your thoughts on that one? Right, or or if the inning's over, correct? Whichever whichever right. comes first. Right. Uh, it's it's more intrusion. It's absurd. It's going to cost some people their jobs. As far as special specialists down there, um, it's not going to speed up the game. As a matter of fact, it's going to make the game longer. Can you imagine the guy that goes out there. He has to pitch to three guys. And you know, instead of getting getting the you know the guys out, he walks a couple guys. Well, you got to keep them in there. Then the next guy hits a double. Then you come out and make a change. Okay, you just extended the game because you should have took them out in the first place. So we're going to have instances like this. They think it's going to shorten the game. It's not. And furthermore, why do you want to shorten the game? I, I mean, I don't know one person in my and I know a lot of people. TC, nobody's ever come up to me and say, you know. They ought to really shorten the game. It's, right. it's just, uh, I don't just don't like it, you know. Uh, people go out to the ballpark to get away. They don't want to shorten the game. Yeah. They, if they want to leave, they can leave. But but why shorten? I mean, there's six outs to an inning. How the hell are you going to shorten the game? I mean, really. I mean, <laughs> there's only so many things you can do. If you shorten the game by four or five minutes, what is it worth it? What have you done? You're You've right. done nothing. 
No, I totally agree with you. When no. you go to a ball game, you want that experience, and I'm the same way like you. It just I, you know, again, my summers are packed with going to baseball games, traveling around, going to stadiums, and again, and I live yeah. for that. I look forward to that. And some games, you're going to get two hours and fifteen minutes. You're going to get a two nothing game. Yeah. That happens. You are okay, but yeah. if you go to uh, Fenway or Yankee Stadium, you could get a Red Sox Yankees game that lasts four hours and forty five minutes. That's okay. okay. More hot dogs for that's me. Fine. You know, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> that that look when I was a kid going to Candlestick and we would go like every one or once every two years. Double headers, my friend, it. right? Double headers. Yes. <laughs> yes. And I'm and I'm when we're leaving it's probably around five o'clock and I'm thinking, why are we having the it's already the seventh inning of the second game and we're getting ready to leave. I'm like, Man, I don't wanna leave. You know, I wanna stay here. And you know, that's it. look, if you don't like baseball, there's there's always other things you can watch. There you go, man. All right, Steve Sachs joins us. All right, so we've got uh, two of your former teams in action tonight. We've got the Yankees and Nats. We've got the Dodgers and the Giants. Kershaw on the mound tonight here. Are we going to see Kershaw limited to, to three, four innings here? What do you think Dave Roberts is going to do? I, You know what? I don't think so. We, we had guys that were ramping up to five. You know, I think guys can go – I think guys can do what they normally do now, and that's, you know, five or six and fly. I don't think you're going to see guys going to the seventh or eighth inning, but um, guys can go five and six innings right now, um, which is an okay start, you know, for the days I played. I mean, that was pretty good, but it was okay. But, uh, you know, if you want a, a quality start to me is going, you know, finishing a game or going into the eighth and ninth inning, those are quality starts. If you keep the, you know, of course, the runs are down. But uh, the length of the game – is changed dramatically because of the importance of the bullpens. So, you know, if you're if you're a team that scores runs and you got a good bullpen like the Yankees, the starting pitcher needs to go five or six innings, and that's it. Get out and get over to the bullpen, and you win. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about uh, – let's take a look at some of these teams here and some of the divisions. Like we said, you know, sprint to the finish. And maybe some of this is going to get negated now, Steve. We were talking about, hey, this is great. Every game means something. But now with the expanded playoffs, if we're going to go eight teams in each league, maybe that goes against that, that theory as well, yeah. too, and, and which, yeah, which, is, good, which, is, point. which is kind of it, upsetting. But uh, let, yeah, let's it, – it, it, Go ahead. It's almost like the NBA now, you know, like you, what you were talking about. It's, it's uh, you know – it's, it's, you know, you're going to find some teams that are 500 teams that are going to be getting in the playoffs. And it's like, this is crazy. But that's another thing that, that is going to be very noticeable is the playoff structure is going to be like, uh, is, is going to be like the NBA. And I don't know a lot of people that are big fans of that. I mean, there's some detractors for sure. The only thing he does is it gets more, more fans and more cities involved. I get that. But the real purist in the game you know, doesn't like it. It's kind of a charade. It is. And when you look, especially for the baseball fan, you go way back. Mm-hmm. I mean, old school, you were dealing with, you know, two division winners of, of each league. That was it. That that was the only ones yeah. that were going oh, to yeah. the playoffs. Then we went to the expansion, okay, where, you know, we, yeah. we went to three divisions in each league. And then, you know, we had to have the wild card. So we had four. Now there was talk going five. We've doubled it. Steve, we've doubled it. Yeah. We went from four to eight, in in, and we're not playing with 102 less games. This makes zero sense to me. And then back to your point, I mean, the players did have to sign off on this, right? They they did. And why? Oh yeah, and, and now and now we're going to even now we're doubling that. We're going to 16, right? Yes, yes. That's my that's this my is, point. Just, doubling. This is just crazy. You were doubling. You the days when there were some things that that you didn't even question because they were just sacred. There were some things that were just almost sacrilegious to try to tear down. 
I'm, I'm afraid to tell you right now, there is nothing I see in this country now that's that way. The, everything's in play. Everything. And I don't want to get political, but just just look around. You know what I mean? And, and it's sorry to see that all the great things that baseball was, some things that you just would never think would be changed, it's happening in baseball now. And I, I'm just – I'm almost uh, despondent about the whole thing. It's just I'm, – I'm, it's so – it makes you have a real melancholy type of a, an attitude about it now. Before, it was just unbridled enthusiasm about what the game was going to be like today, and now it's just there, there's so much intrusion on baseball. I, I'm just so sad to see where the game is. It, it's nothing like – I mean, what do you think Willie Mays and Ted Williams – but what do you think Ted Williams would have thought about oh. this? And what does Willie Mays think about this state of the game today? I mean, they don't even recognize it. It's true. It's true. So you used this term uh, with me a, a long time ago, and I thought it was classic, and, and I know you probably use it all the time. How'd you say it again? What would you say is the wussification of America, whatever, when we're looking at it? Go ahead and use yeah, that no, term no, again, it, Steve it, Sachs. It, it's the wimpification of the American sportsman. There it is. That was, and, I'll say. Yeah, Quake, you got to mark that one right there. That's beautiful. And, Quake's going to make a T-shirt right now. That'd be, that'd be a 5X for the Quake, though. <laughs> But that's okay. Hey, 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 quick! Why don't you send me a T-shirt, but don't send me one your size because I can't wear it. No, you uh, you can <laughs> sleep in it and make a great tent. <laughs> if anybody hasn't seen Quake take batting practice, go on the internet and pull, pull up the Quake taking some some swings. I love it. <laughs> there you go. The guy can rock. There's no question about it. And so, yeah. and so can Steve Sachs. All right, Sachs, <laughs> let, let, let's talk about some of these teams here. The Phillies are getting a lot of love over the National League East. You got yeah. Harper, Rilamuto, Hoskins, healthy McCutcheon. Pitching, kind of a question mark, I still think. Give me your take yeah. uh, about the Phillies, and then let's uh, move over to the Braves. Okay, Didi Gregorius is another one that you had yes. mentioned. Yes. This, is a, this is a reunion now with uh, Joe Girardi. Uh, that, and that's a good thing. I think Didi's set to have a great year. And this team's going to be better. There's no, there's no doubt that the Phillies are going to be better. The whole thing really lies in the, um, the production of the second half of the starters on that team with Pavetta and Eflin and Vasquez and those guys. I think you know what you're going to get from Wheeler and you're going to get Jake Arrieta and Aaron Nola. Those guys are, you know, if they project out to what we know that they can do, that's pretty good tandem. There are three people right there, but the rest of it's the question. The bullpen is still a little bit of a question mark, too. But they're going to score some runs. No, no doubt about that. They're going to score some runs. It's just how, they, the, how the pitching staff is able to shape up with the, uh, with the other guys. And that's, you know, usually the case with most teams. Mm-hmm. The Atlanta Braves, you know, having Freddie Freeman back is a good thing. He had the coronavirus. He's back and seems to be healthy, and that's big for this team. The top two guys at the, in this order, when you've been talking about Albies and Acuna, that's the best duo, I think, in baseball. They're just amazing. Those guys can get on the board really quick. Um, I think the question mark, again, like the Phillies, it lies in the pitching staff. you got Mike Soroka, the young guy that's leading the charge for, uh, for this team. I don't know what the health of Fulton Avitz is going to be. I think that's a real important thing. But uh, you got you got some guys on this team that can toe the line. I think the, whole, the main thing is in the staff is, again, about health. How healthy are these guys uh, going to be? Um, and, and if that's the case and the guys are healthy, then they got a chance because, like the Phillies, the, this team is going to score a lot of runs. The NL Central looks like the most competitive division. Cubs, Cards, Brewers. I know a lot of people are talking about the Reds. I'm not that sold on them. But what do you think of that division? It, it used to be the Cubs division, but uh, not anymore. No, that that's a great division. I think. I mean, you got the Cubs, uh, you got the, you got the Cardinals, you got the Brewers, you got 
this is a real fun place in the Cincinnati Reds. This is a team right here that just might wa- get into that postseason. I put them kind of in the same uh, area as I would the Chicago White Sox, uh, the Toronto Blue Jays, uh, the San Diego Padres. I would put the Cincinnati Reds, and there's probably some dark horse teams that could possibly do it. I think the, the Reds, uh, when you look at their pitching staff, they can stack up with anybody, uh, and I mean anybody. This, this pitching staff with Cincinnati is a, is, is, a, is a very, very good one. Trevor Bauer there is kind of like the wild card of this team. I could see him going uh, either way. Um, you know, and you got Sonny Gray there who really reinvented himself, it seems. Uh, and um, I'm trying to think of their, their front-line starter, uh, the guy from, uh, from let's see. Uh, anyway, uh, this, is, this is a team that's going to score runs, too. you got the Eugenio Suarez at third base who can hit the ball uh, out of the ballpark uh, with anybody. And I think Joey Votto is really going to have a better year this year. Can you imagine going through this offseason if you're a guy like Joey Votto knowing that, you know, you, did, you didn't have uh, that, that year that you're used to having. Joey Votto is very much used to, uh, to having big seasons. And when he sees pitchers that are kind of getting it over on him, I mean, that sticks in the craw of this guy throughout the course of the offseason. And I think Joey Votto is one of these guys that's going to step up and have a big season for Cincinnati this year. So I could see the Cincinnati Reds getting into postseason. Uh, I mean, I would be a shocker for me because when you put all the elements together of being able to score runs and, and being able to pitch well, and, and actually the guy I was thinking about was Luis Castillo. Right, right. Probably the best changeup in the National League. Uh, and, uh, you know, yeah, Wade Miley's going to win some games over there as well, and this is going to be a fun, fun team. And like I said, the offense is going to score runs. And we know the AL West, uh, you know, people think it's, it's still the Astros. you got the A's, Angels, maybe the Rangers. But let's talk about the Astros real quick. Is that, you know, with our, our boy Dusty taking over there, we saw a little bit of the, uh, the, the pitch throwing by the Royals the other day, but that didn't seem too intentional, even though that, uh, you know, Bregman and Springer and Altuve all got hit on successive at-bats. Do you think we're going to start to see this? Or, Steve, because every game means so much, are our teams going to maybe not be thrown at the Astros? Astros. Well, I don't. I don't know how much they will because that's just the way it is today. They they they, they forgive people so easily today, and you know the, the Astros really did dodge a bullet by not having the Jared to, you know, endure the wrath of the public really right. because there's gonna be nobody at the game, so they got to dodge that. But look, you know, this is a real talented team even without Garrett Cole. You got Verlander and Granke at the top of the top of the ticket for the starters. I think a real you know, important guy here, maybe the fulcrum point on this team, as far as the pitchers goes, is going to be Lance McCullers Jr. How healthy is he going to be? Is Are, are people going to finally catch on to that curveball, even though they know it's coming? Listen, this guy throws 94-96, and he still throws 70% curveballs. I don't get it. Right. Um, but it seems to be successful. And, you know, he seems to be healthy. I saw him pitch the other day. Uh, we'll see what happens. Jose Urquidy is going to be another one of their starters. You know, I think that he's a guy that with some talent, obviously. Uh, but we'll see what happens with that. Not don't don't know what's gonna what's gonna transpire as far as you know all the cheating aspect of it. Because even though they're not gonna hear it at the ballpark, they're still gonna see it. They're gonna see it on TV. They're still gonna they're gonna hear the commentary, and so they're gonna know that it's still out there. It's just not as gonna be voracious as it would had there been people in the stand. You got it. All right, Saxy, we'll let you go. We really appreciate uh, the time. Does a great job, MLB. Uh, Network Radio XM 89. I appreciate you spending the time. We look forward to talking with you a lot here during the course of the season. And uh, looking forward to it, my friend. Okay. Thanks a lot, TC. See you later. Take care, brother. There he is, Steve Sachs, the two-time World Series champion. 
the Dodger, the Yankee, and of course the five-time All-Star. Uh, very passionate about his sport, and again, very opinionated. Uh, just, uh, just great to be able to tap into him and his thoughts. And again, the passion just oozes out every time we talk yeah. to Saxon, and just a longtime friend as well, too. You don't have to mention the Yankees. You can just say Dodger. Yeah, really. <laughs> That's all that matters. Really. That's where he's got the rings from. Exactly. Very true. <laughs> all right. Uh, speaking of ring, our next guest has got one from the Super Bowl as well, too, because he was part of the famed Washington Redskins. We're talking about Jay Schrader, the UCLA product, and, of course, the L.A. Raider. We will talk to Jay Schrader about some NFL next. Get wrecked with the Dr. T.C. Martin. All right. Are we going to have football? Well, we hope so. The NFL looks like they're marching along. It will happen. College football is still up in the air. We'll touch all on that with our next guest, a 10-year NFL veteran. Also, a great college career at UCLA, the former Bruin himself. The former Redskin. That's right, I said it. The former Redskin and the former Raider. How crazy is that? The former Washington Redskin, the former Los Angeles Raider. Neither one of those teams are really in existence anymore. He's a Super Bowl champion and a Pro Bowler. Jay Schrader. What's going on, my man? Hey, are, are you saying I'm extinct or what? What's going on, TC? I know. <laughs> Are you trying to get rid of me or what? I know. I'm just saying that the teams are extinct, Jay. You're alive and well. We know that. There's no question about that. Yeah. And you're alive and well in Las Vegas, which makes us very, very happy, right? Yeah, I'm here in Vegas. I moved down here to Vegas in, uh, in February, so uh, I'm very excited to be here and just loving it so far. So it's been great. I think Jay, you got to go back. You got to change your resume now. I mean, you got to you squash squash off a Redskin and also a, you know Los Angeles Raider. So it's like, but yeah, still you know the Washington Football Club. When you heard that news today, how did that ring in your ears? Well, I think you know I think what they're doing is they're buying time, and I think that you know with everything that's happened so late in the year, um, I think that's about the only thing they can do. Um, at this point, I still think, you know, I'd, I'd love to see them do something that honors the Native Americans uh, and and go from there. But, you know, everybody that I talk to, I know the logo was designed by an Indian chief in honor of two other Indian chiefs, and they were proud of it and not, you know, in any way disrespectful or anything else. So it's, it comes down, they'll find something and Time will move on. That's all that happens. You know, things change and people move on. Yeah, you know, we talk to several Redskins pretty regularly. Charles Mann, Trevor Maddich, we talked to them both last week, and they're both very, very passionate, uh, like I'm sure you are yourself, about, you know, playing for that organization, especially back in those days when you guys were championship caliber, you know, much different than it is now. And, uh, and I know Trevor and Charles both talked about, like, hey, just being on that field, going back to old RFK Stadium or even, you know, the current stadium. I mean, you walk in that end zone and you just, you know, you look at, at the Redskin name and the logo and everything, and there was just a lot of pride there, and I think a lot of people took pride in that. But we, I think everyone understands, just like you said, Jay, is that, hey, if someone is is offended by that, then okay, we understand that. But I think a lot of you know pure NFL fans look at this like, hey, that was a great traditional name. And they're going to keep the burgundy and gold, 
But, you know, I think, and this is just me talking here, and I want to get your thoughts because, again, you played for the team, that it's got to be a little bit of a letdown today when you hear, well, we're just going to go with the Washington Football Club because I think, you know, players, alumni, and even fans were actually maybe even looking forward to branding a new name, being part of something special, and now you get this news today, it seems pretty blasé, and literally, I mean, there is nothing there. So give me your thoughts on that. No, I, I agree. It is pretty blasé. Um, and I think, as I said earlier, that I think they're just buying time. I don't think this is going to be a permanent thing. I think it's just uh, to get through this season so they can buy time, do some market research and, you know, all that stuff. Everybody's got opinions and they've got to try to, you know, dial everything in and go from there. And I don't think they had had that amount of time um, from all, when all this started. So, you know, I think they're buying time. The Washington Football Club is, eh, yeah, what it, you know, what is it? And uh, for those of us that played in the old RFK, there was no nothing better. I mean, it was phenomenal football setting, phenomenal fans, and, you know, we, we were sold out every game. Um, and it's it's come a long way, unfortunately. It hasn't been for the better, but, uh, you know, hopefully they can get things turned around and, and get back to that championship form. All right, he's Jay Schrader, the 10-year NFL veteran, the former Redskin and the Raider quarterback, Super Bowl champion, pro bowler. And we're talking about the Washington Football Club. That is going to take a long time. It's going to be a hard time to say that. And we know that, you know, announcers all the time, we still say the San Diego Chargers. This is this is going to take a long time to get rid of it. And you kind of catch yourself. And when we were talking to Charles Mann the other day, he caught himself right in the middle saying, oh, I, I can't say that anymore because it's just been part of his vocabulary for all these years. And I'm sure you feel the same way, especially when you hear that Dan Snyder said way back when, hey, he's never going to change the name. Right. It's going to be hard. And it's something that, you know, people, I know people don't want to hear this, but they're going to have to accept the former players. Um, There's a bunch of us walking around. You know, they're a three-time Super Bowl champion. So we've got championship rings, Super Bowl rings that say Washington Redskins. So, how do you introduce us at that point? I mean, we played for the Washington Redskins. Uh, it says it right on the top of our ring. So um, it's it's going to be around. Hopefully it won't offend people. It is history. And like everything else, you get better and you move on. Um, and you try to get things figured out. But, you know, as far as I'm concerned, you know, all the stuff I have here in my office, everything I have says Washington Redskins. Super Bowl ring says Washington Redskins. It's going to be hard to introduce me as member of the Washington Football Club, right. don't you think? I think, oh, you know, it's, just, it's going to be weird. Yes, exactly. So it just seems like they ran out of time or maybe they weren't prepared, they waited too long. Who knows what, Jay? But, again, I, I understand these things take time from, you know, it could take uh, a year. It could take maybe up to 18 months for trademarking right. situations and all that kind of stuff. But you just would hope that these guys would have a you know a better a better mode with this thing. And if you are a current player, put yourself in in this situation. You're going to training camp. I mean, how would you feel about playing for a team with no nickname? Would that bother well, you at all, or you just say eh, well, I mean, it's no big deal? Here's, you know, unfortunately, TC. Here's here's today's world. Um, you're gonna go. You got a football team going that doesn't have a nickname. Eh, it's it's okay. You're playing professional football. The weird thing for me is going to be these guys going and playing without fans. That that's going to be 
strange. I mean, as a quarterback, half of my duel was trying to communicate to everybody on my team over fan noise. You know, I played in the old Seattle Kingdom, which was unbelievably loud. It was completely concrete. That noise didn't go anywhere, and you couldn't hear anything. And to have it go completely opposite is going to be really strange for these guys. So it's just a very unique year. Uh, everybody's trying to figure it out. Everybody's going to try to do their best. And, you know, we'll get football played. It's just going to be way different than it was in the previous years, that's for sure. And there's still a lot of question marks out there with the NFL and what this season is going to look like. We know all players were invited on a conference call on Tuesday. Uh, you know, not all the teams seem to be on the same page as the fan involvement, which is kind of strange here because we've heard, you know, Jacksonville say, hey, we're, we're going to have fans. Uh, you know, with the Packers, they didn't come out and say exactly how many. They said it'll, it'll definitely be severely scaled back. We've heard other a team say, hey, we're going to cap it at, at 20% or 25%, which could mean around fifteen to 20000 So I, I want to ask you, Jay, why, why do you think that these, some of these protocols are just not yet set, involving not only the fan allotment, but still with the testing? And here we are, training camp. I mean, we're literally within a week away, and I want to know why do we have this lack of decision-making or, or a lack of plan of action at this point? Well, I, see, I don't look at it as a lack of decision-making or lack of plan of action. It changes day-to-day. It, this is a unique time in our world. Fair enough, uh, right? Unique, unique setting. You know, the Ra- Raiders rookies are have reported. The veterans are coming in next week um, and everything else. But, you know, number one thing everybody wants is try to do the best they can to make sure the players are taken care of and being safe. Um, does that mean that nobody's going to test positive? If you're thinking that, you're crazy. It's not going to happen. Um, somebody's going to get it, but, you know, how do they handle it at that point? And how do they keep things clean and, you know, keep it from spreading and becoming, you know, a major deal? And I think if you look at, you know, what basketball's done, hockey, uh, baseball now, I think they're getting a pretty good handle on it. And I think they can catch it early enough. The guys that are getting it, a lot lot more guys, especially athletes, since they're in shape and everything, seem to be asymptomatic and get over it a little quicker than, you know, the regular population. So you just got to kind of quarantine them and go from there. It's going to be interesting if all of a sudden on a Friday night your starting quarterback tests positive and he can't play for two weeks. That, that'll that be the interesting case, you know, so we'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah, and we've seen that in Major League Baseball today, right before the opener with the Washington Nationals. You know, they're all-star starting left fielder Juan Soto. Boom, he, you know, he, he's test positive. He had four negative tests uh, within the last week, and then it comes down today. It's like, wow, now – you know he's positive. What if any? You know maybe some other players got this, and and that's why Major League Baseball is going to the expanded rosters. We're seeing the NFL going to the expanded right. rosters as well too. So you're right. I mean this type of stuff is is going to happen, and I think you know the NFL probably thought you know way back when when this stuff hit in March when the NBA shut down and college basketball. Well, we've got time to figure this out, and you know college football the exact same thing. And right now there's just as much uncertainty as uh, we you know hit the beginning of august that there was back in march and that's very very sad for football fans both college and pro well i think it's worse for college um in my opinion i think pros they can handle it because you're 
you're limited. You've got, you know, 80 guys coming in. I feel bad for the rookies and free agents because they don't have preseason games to go out there and show that they can You play the game at that level. Um, it's hard to do that in practice when you're competing against veteran guys. So I think they're a little bit of a disadvantage. I think college is a little different because those kids are going to class. They're walking around campus. You know, they're coming in contact with a lot of people. And most of those college programs have got 120, 130 kids. So that's a little more difficult to contain and manage, I would think. And unfortunately for college, we all know being, you know, in that realm and everything else, college football drives a lot of athletic programs for these universities. And it's, that's going to be the the downturn of all this. There's going to be a lot of other kids that are affected because they can't play college football. Do you think we'll have a college football season? I think we'll have a college football season. I think it'll, it'll be one or two things. It probably won't start until December or it'll be a spring league. Wow. Um, so, you know, just because I don't know if they can, as I said, I don't think they can create like the the professional teams, I don't think they can create that bubble. Um, but here again, now most universities, I know UNLV, everybody out here is going to online classes. So if that's the case, then you can create a bubble. Right, right. Um, you know, so, you know, all these things are day-to-day um, with the amount of testing and different tests. And, you know, they're coming out and saying, hey, you know, with with the steroids, that helps, you know, 75%. And they're trying to develop drugs as soon as they can, you know, antibodies and, you know, vaccines and all that. Uh, you know, everybody in the world's working on this thing uh, to try to get it going. Um, it's unfortunate that, you know, such a small percentage has affected everybody, but everybody's being safe and doing the best they can. Jay Schrader joins us, the former... Washington Redskin, of course, the Raider, Super Bowl champion, also UCLA alum as well, too. You mentioned the Raiders here in Vegas. You're here in Vegas. How close have you been to the organization since they knew that they were relocating here? I've been with them every step of the way uh, from, you know, three, four years ago when they were talking about the process to the groundbreaking. Um, I was here for the groundbreaking ceremonies and everything else. So, uh uh, watch the process. It's phenomenal to see the new stadium up. I drove by it again last night. I had a friend in town uh, from Florida. He was just amazed that that place is up. The practice facility is phenomenal. Uh, I think I really I miss having the draft here this year because I think that would have really gotten the entire town completely excited. But uh, you know, we'll get it not not this coming draft, but the following one, and I think that'll be a big push too. So. I think it's going to be great for the town. Uh, football team does a lot when they come in. It's not just for eight weeks out of the year. The, these families are here. They're embedded in schools. They get involved in all the programs going on, a lot of charity work and uh, community involvement, uh, especially with the Raiders. They pride themselves with that. So yeah. uh, I think it's going to be a phenomenal thing. Yeah, you mentioned the stadium. You played back in the old archaic Los Angeles Memorial Coliseum, and I wish you could. You probably wish you could turn back the hands of time, or and then you know be able to play in this stadium here, or you know fast forward however you want to say it here. But uh, you have to have a good LA Memorial Coliseum story for us, Jay. Whether it's uh, the showers that didn't work, uh, the locker rooms, the field, you got to have a couple good stories there. I'm sure. Oh, there's no question. I mean, yeah, I mean, you go in and you 
you know, they had to clear out the stadium. I, I was one of those guys that always got there, you know, 8.30, quarter to 9 in the morning anyway. I'd have a pregame meal, and then I'd go straight to the stadium uh, and all that. And I'm walking down the tunnel, and there's about 14, you know, black SUVs parked there and also bomb sniffing dogs and they're like no you can't go in the locker room yet you know and you're like what in the world's going on uh and then you go out to the field and SC had played on Saturday then you go out there and they've got the end zone plated painted just jet black to cover everything up and it's it's hard as a rock in the end zone and you're like well don't don't be diving into the end zone today because <laughs> that's not going to feel good. So uh, it's it's nice to see the facilities and the training things. You know, the training facility they have here now, uh, I was telling my friend who was in town, I said, you know, we were in a, a gutted out elementary school. We used classrooms for our meeting rooms and we used the our practice field was their, you know, their playground out there. We just converted it into a practice field and put a small turf field in on the other side and called it good and you know turned turned the gymnasium into our weight room and and just we just played but you know hey we were we were playing professional football i'd do it again if those were the conditions and you know these guys today you know get to reap the benefits of all the new technology and everything else so you know good for them all right. And it's a great game. In, in a much safer neighborhood here than where you were at there at the L.A. Memorial Coliseum as well, too. So don't forget that. Oh, no no question about <laughs> it. Yeah. Uh, no question about it. You always wondered what was going on. You know, there was a lot of times I feared for my kids in the stands uh, more than myself on the field. Yeah. Jay Schrader joins us. Jay, before we let you go, real quick, uh, I want to get the quarterback eyes here. And I know we'll talk to you a lot as the season approaches. Uh, your view about Derek Carr and what kind of season will he have? Well, I think, you know, a couple of things. I thought Derek Carr had a pretty good year last year. Uh, his, you know, he completed a lot of balls. I think he learned a lot under Coach Gruden uh, and things like that. Um, I don't think they had a deep threat weapon. I think they've got that now. I think they've got somebody to stretch the field. He's got some weapons. This is going to be a pivotal year for Derek. I think the, they've surrounded him with some players. Uh, that can make some things happen if he gets the ball out there. So I expect them to have a big year. Now, on the downside is they got an unbelievably difficult schedule. And, you know, they they play some teams that are right now listed to be contenders for the Super Bowl. So it's going to be a tough road. And, uh, you know, the key with anything else, when you play a tough schedule and you're trying to get things together is – you got to keep everybody healthy. That's going to be the key. So if they can keep their key guys healthy, I think they'll be in a lot of games, and hopefully they'll figure out a way to win some of those and, and get, a, get a good run at it. You got it. Jay, great stuff. Great to talk with you. We'll uh, tap into you, if you don't mind, here as we get closer to the NFL season as well. And uh, love to talk some Raiders with you. Sounds good. All right, brother. Thanks, man. Appreciate you. There he is, Jay Schrader, the former Redskin, the former Raider, the Super Bowl champion, the Pro Bowler. Uh, been living in Las Vegas for quite some time right now. And again, uh, very close and very involved with the team. And again, uh, great thoughts as well, too, uh, on you know the Washington Football Club, a guy that, uh, again, was part of those excellent teams uh, with our good friends that we've been talking to with Charles Mann and Trevor Manich.
So Jay Schrader, uh, just uh, great insight there. All right, speaking of great insight, so we know we've had a, a stacked show today. We've, I've called it like, like a world championship uh, all-star show here. Of course, you know, with Steve Sachs, we've got the two-time World Series champ, five-time all-star. Jay Schrader, of course, the, uh, the pro bowler, the Super Bowl champion, and the all-American sportsbook director, ladies and gentlemen, himself from the, the pride of Chicago, none other than Chuck Esposito, Sunset Station. You like that, Chuck? All-American sportsbook director. I love it, TC. I love the intro. <laughs> just, uh, just good to be on with you and talking a little sports and knowing that it's, uh, you know, first pitch and you're going to hear the crack of the bat tonight. And I mean, you're really going to hear the crack of the bat tonight um, without without fans. But just good to be on with you, buddy. Man, it's good to talk with you, Chuck. Because again, we we don't have to handicap cornhole anymore. You know, we actually got some <laughs> real sports. And speaking of, of of crack of the bat, Chuck, you just led me into. Uh, the Seattle Kraken. What, what are your thoughts about the Seattle Kraken, the new name of the NHL team? They pondered this for nearly two years. They came up with cracking, uh, crack of the bat, cracking there. And, and I believe this just came in our breaking news. Yes, the, the arena there in Seattle will now be referred to as the Crack House. <laughs> I, I really like the nickname a lot. Uh, when they had toyed with, you know, like the top 15 or 20, I just think that you can market it, you know, with release the Kraken and, um, you know, it comes from, a, you know, the Greek mythology and the underwater creature. I think you can do a lot of kind of cool stuff uh, with that nickname. And I think it's all about marketability. Um, and I actually like, I like the nickname. I really do. All right. The Kraken, was that K-R-A, is there a C in there? C-K-E-N? Or is it just K-R-A-K? I believe so. I believe that's yeah. correct. It's with I believe a K. that's correct. We know uh, that. There you go. Yeah, it's, uh, it's K-R-A. K-E-N. That's what I got here. Yeah, there. Cracking. Let's get cracking. All right. There you have it. All right, Chuck. So opening night, looking forward to this. Uh, hopefully we have a game coming up here with the the Nationals and uh, the Yankees. I know there was, there was rain forecast all day in D.C. You got an update for us with that? And I know the Yankees are a pretty heavy road favorite here. They are. They are, of course. You know, unfortunately for the Nationals, uh, Soto tested positive today, so right. he – he won't be in the lineup. Um, it's been pretty much one-sided in favor of the Yankees so far, as far as right goes. Looks like there's about a 60% chance that um, you're going to get some rain tonight. How extensive and if it gets rained out or not, not sure. I just hope there's baseball. With you know the yeah. game spread out between 408 and, and 708, and you've got Yankees, Nationals, and, and Dodgers, Giants. Um, I think it's great. I'm excited about it. Tomorrow you've got a, a full slate. Uh, next Thursday the NBA starts, and by next Saturday – it's almost going to feel, TC, a little bit like March Madness because right. you've got the hockey games that are starting at 9 a.m. So we have a sporting event for an extended period starting early in the morning until late at night when you've got the late games that are starting, very similar to what the schedule is during the college basketball tournament. So I think from the book side of it, with no sports in August where we're normally slow, this is going to be unprecedented and kind of fun and busy time, I think, for all of us on our side of the counter. Yeah, no doubt about it. Now, are you expecting a big handle here with baseball, and have you gotten it already just because we've virtually gone from really no sports to now all of a sudden, boom, we got two games tonight, full slate, like you said, tomorrow. But you do got some NBA exhibition games, and the NBA you know, gets going here right away as well too. But, but how has the handle been just early on with this baseball? Have people been just chomping at the bit to get to the window? They have. I'll, I'll use one word, and it's robust. Yes. Um, they, they were waiting, you know, uh, they grabbing a lot of sheets yesterday. You see a lot more guests, um, you know, uh, reactivating or depositing money in their in their SCN mobile accounts. 
Um, you know, there's only two games, but it, there's two games that are both on TV. It's kind of like those primetime football games. You always see more handle when it's kind of isolated games. And I think the fact that there's been no sports, it's, you know, opening day tonight, you've got very marketable teams, the champs against the Yankees and then Dodgers-Giants with our proximity to California. I mean, it, it's perfect for us, and the handle's been really, really good so far. Yep, and I'm one of those guys. I went into one of your establishments earlier today on the way into the show, and I said, I, I got to get uh, some action in because for the those same reasons you just said, Chuck. It's like baseball's here. It's back. I've been going crazy, not having any action and watching real sports. So this is, uh, this is fantastic. So I, I, I can see this. Chuck Esposito joins us from Sunset Station. Chuck, uh, what has been the futures money looking like here with baseball with this sprint to the finish here with only a 60 game season here uh i know before we were looking at you know maybe not clear-cut favorites a a little bit here but uh what are your thoughts and now the news today that major league baseball is expanding to 16 playoff teams like the nba this is craziness yeah you stole a little bit of my thunder i was going to touch on that as well um, so I think it does open the door for a, a lot more teams. I think, you know, you look at a team like the A's, who I think they were like 37-19 and 19, uh, the last two months of last year. I think you look at the Twins and the White Sox, who have 20 games each against the Tigers and Royals. You're, you're looking for value um, like you are on all futures. I mean, of course, the, the prices on the Yankees and, um, and the Dodgers are very short prices, and, and not saying that those two teams won't be there, but if you're looking for value, I think there's a number of teams. The Reds have seen a considerable drop with the way that they can hit with the shortened season. Twins, White Sox, A's, Rangers, all teams that you can make a case for just based on value. You have to remember last year with, you know, 60 games, there's a real chance that this was the same format. The Nationals at that at 60 games wouldn't have made the postseason, and we wouldn't be talking about them as defending champs. So anxious to see how some of these teams get out of the gate and how that affects them moving forward in a very short season. All right. So we get news today. Mike Tyson, 54 years old, coming back against Roy Jones Jr., 51 years old, September 12th there in Carson, the Dignity Health Center. Have you put up a line on this thing yet? Uh, we're working on it, TC. Yep. We're, we're getting ready to. Wow. Uh, you know, I think I think when you look at it, I could easily see. I mean, I think it's going to be closer to, to maybe a, a pick 'em or, or maybe Tyson a, a small favorite. Uh, I've seen some workout videos of him. He looks like he's in terrific shape. Um, but kind of a kind of a I guess kind of a cool event. Knowing these two guys have you know both at different times are probably the best fighters in the world. It'll be interesting to see if this does any action at the windows as well, too, as we get closer, because uh, we'll be you know, right smack dab in the middle of football season, like you said, all the other playoffs. Before we let you go, Chuck, real quick, uh, Golden Knights, uh, are you guys going to be doing anything with the Golden Knights here with these games? We can come on down and watch it and be part of it. You know, TC, it's still up in the air a little bit. I mean, we're still trying to uh, to practice, you know, uh, all state uh, health and safety protocols and um, making sure that uh, our guests feel comfortable in the environment they're in. We're still queuing lines to the window, every other seat in the book. Um, so not sure about any of the um, viewing parties yet. Uh, we're looking forward to doing those. Um, of course, they would be scaled back somewhat with a with a lower capacity, but it will be on, of course, um, you know, in the book. And we're looking forward to moving forward with some of our, uh, you know, promotional things uh, in, the, in the hopefully the the not too distant future. Excellent, excellent stuff, Chuck. We'll let you get back to work. Appreciate the time today. We'll talk with you, of course, on a regular basis. Hopefully, as uh, we get ready for all of this uh, sports, a plethora of sports, and uh, it's going to be a good time. 
It is. Thanks, TC. Always enjoy being on with you. All I can say is, uh, you know, in, in, instead of maybe batter, batter tonight, it's better, better. So uh, <laughs> we're, we're, we're glad that they're back. There you go. And, ladies and gentlemen, if you're looking at Dodger Stadium, look for the Chuck Esposito cutout behind home plate. I believe he has a seat there in the third row. <laughs> uh, thanks, TC. Looking forward to it, buddy. There you go. I should have said Wrigley Field. There you go. All right, Chuck. Thank you very much. I want to thank Steve Sachs for joining us, Jay Schrader, Chuck Esposito. Miss any part of the show? Go to the website, tcmartinshow.com.